You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. It's the Oz Network coming to you once again for a Survivor Island of the Idols recap, episode eight. And cool, this one's going to be a tricky one to talk about. Um, a very interesting episode that is. Uh, I don't think I've ever seen an emotional output from an episode of Survivor ever that um, has followed this one and. Yeah, it's it's a very tricky one to talk about, and one that I even question: Should we even be covering this episode? Uh, am I a qualified person to to interview someone about this to to talk about these issues involved? But we are we are here for this episode recap, and it's a pleasure to, of course, bring back a very good friend of the show, John Carroll from Survivor Mark Cases, to talk about this. And plenty of heavy stuff talked in this episode, plenty to get through. So I think I need to be quiet, play a little sound effect, and move on straight to myself introducing John Carroll to talk about Survivor Island of the Idols, Episode 8. That time of the week where we are recapping the latest episode of Survivor Island of the Idols. Eight episodes in and we have a lot to talk about this week. And what better way to talk about this than with one of our very good friends on this show. It is always a pleasure to have him on from Survivor Marquesas, the one, the only Mr. John Carroll. John, welcome back to the Oz Network. Hello, Bean. Hello, hello. I How missed it you New saying Zealand? my. It's oh, it's fine now. I just I just missed you saying my name like that. I think it always sounds fantastic. So you can call me Bean as much as you like. Bean, Bean, what's up, Bean? Bean, Bean. Um, life is good. Life is fine. Uh, how how's uh how's Nebraska? How are the how are the Huskers doing? How's the goats? How's everything happening in Johnland? Well, 2019 has been a pretty crappy year in john land but i am alive and got tin fingers and ten toes and just keeping my head above water but yeah it's been a rough year we lost all three of our dogs we went through a flood our goats were off of the farm for two months on two different farms lost my sister in september um and you know work has been it's been tough growing a law firm and having some growing pains. So yeah, it's it's been it's been uh, a rough year, but I am um, looking forward to a really good, happy, strong 2020. Well, that's what I was going to say. Moving forward, pushing forward, and you know, I, you and I are always in touch, and obviously, you know, passing a lot of my condolences and that, obviously, with everything, and always thinking of you, John. And I would I'd love to say right now that we're here to perk you up and make you even happier. Kind of sad right. that we've got this episode to talk about now, but oh I will say, twenty twenty, John is going to be fantastic because you're you're coming to my wedding and you're going to be my MC, so that's going to be the good thing next year. Yeah. Look forward to that. That's right. <laughs> that's right. That's exactly right. You got it. Silver, you got it. Yeah, silver lining uh, on those clouds. Yeah, oh, well, <laughs> it is. Well, and then you know, normally we have like lots of fun talking about the episodes, and I don't know. I think it was like you. Uh, you asked me to do it like what the second the second episode, and I said, "Can I just wait till the merge?" You know, because I wanted to kind of get a feeling for the players. I had no idea. I was like, "Oh man, why did I wait for the merge?" Yeah, I'm saying off air too. Words really carefully. Well, I think we're saying off air too that um, how it worked out. One of the last ones we had you on back in Game Changers that was the uh, the infamous Zeke Varner episode. So yeah, somehow oh. the universe likes us doing these. Uh, topical episodes somehow so yeah gosh. yeah 
Um, but in all seriousness, I guess I think mm-hmm. we should just get straight into it. Look, I so much has been said. It's been a couple of days to digest everything that's happened. Um, a lot, a lot, a lot has been said. How now? It's been a couple of days to digest things. How, how how are you feeling right now about what we just saw? Because this was the strangest, oddest, I don't even know what other words to use when it comes to this episode. 577 episodes of Survivor of Air, John, we've all seen them, and I don't think there's mm-hmm. ever been an episode like this in 20 years of this show. No, nothing, nothing I think that was so um, just monumental because it was so complicated and so many different people were involved because of their participation and and really it was a microcosm of some of these really big issues that that you know that we're dealing with um right now and whether it's the me too movement or you know you know white privilege male privilege um you know just all of but it just was just it was just an explosion of all those things that that were there. But, you know, it's one thing that you could you know, those things happen in, in the real world. Well, you're being filmed when all of this is going on. So you've got this overlay of a game that people are competing for for a million dollars. The problem is, is every it's it was like really like multi-level human chess. But so many people were not on the same page. So many people were not uh, aware self-aware enough to understand like how this would play out um especially as the 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 different um relationships and conversations and actions were all kind of taking place they were all on different levels so you know you had janet on one level and then you had you know kelly on another level and then you've got elizabeth and missy you know doing their thing and then you know you got Dan, you know, who's, you know, in the mix of, of his behavior, you know, and then Aaron decides to offer himself up, you know, in tribal council and just be completely tone deaf and, you know, and mansplain, you know, you know, all of the, this it couldn't be more wrong and more just out of touch, you know. Um, and then you're thinking, my God, all of this is being captured on film and it has to be be edited you know we all sign up knowing full well that the things that you say are you know are gonna be potentially used but you know where where are the boundaries of like what the producers are supposed to do and that you know seg is supposed to do and cbs is supposed to do and the players are supposed to do it's so murky and gray and um for myself it really brought back um, I, which I had not thought about in years and years and years and years. But when, um, when, uh, boss and Rob, you know, had, you know, outed me to try to further his game, thinking that might alienate, um, maybe Nalia or Pascal because he's a, was a Southern Republican judge. Um, you know, it didn't go anywhere, but, you know, that that happened and it you know brought back just those those feelings of of um just kind of just inappropriateness and boundary crossing in the furtherance of the game it's like in a game with no rules there's still morality i guess that's still in play there's just certain things that you just 
don't do, you know, and there's been over the years, there's been these moments, you know, the Ted and Gandia thing, you know, pops up in my head, you know, as I'm watching this. And then, of course, it brought back the Varner and Zeke situation. And and then, of course, then, you know, all of this. And, you know, it was just a really ugly week. And I ended up reading some stuff out and I probably, you know, I probably didn't need to do that. But I was just I don't know. I just I needed to offload it. And and it just brought back some, you know, really, you know, just strong memories of, of what, what being a person who story and truth was being used, you know, it kind of breaking the, the, the boundaries to try to further the game and taking something deeply, deeply personal and doing it. And I think that that's, you know, that's what we've seen over the years is, you know, when the game gets really, really personal like that, um, that's when those wounds can, you know, open up this way on a scale that I don't think anybody could have like predicted. And it was really shaping up to be a really great season. Um, and now it's yeah. got this complete like taint over it. Completely agree. I think that's one huge take from this episode that in the lead up to this, we've been talking constantly that this season has turned out so much better than people could have anticipated. The cast was great. Things were doing well. And now, I mean, I'm with you. I, I saw Eliza tweet something out similar. A few other people who were kind of even questioning whether they want to watch this season anymore. And I even questioned whether I wanted to do a recap this week because I think that <laughs> Me too. it's just such a such a tricky thing to kind of fully analyze. This, I mean, you brought up some great examples there and I want to kind of talk about them separately, but I think kind of with a lot of those examples, you kind of had a very clear black and white picture almost that you could easily just talk about that topic and dissect it. With mm-hmm. this one... There's so many layers. I mean, you brought that up at the beginning. Right. You know, you've got Dan, you've got Janet, you've got Elizabeth, you've got Kelly, you've got Missy. There's so many different angles to this story, which just mm-hmm. create this convoluted mess of where you even begin, because it really does now give you a crossroads of moving forward. Because even if it's just a case of let's just get straight back into the game, there's there's no... There's never going to be ignoring this episode from this season ever. You think of any season of Survivor where there's one infamous mm-hmm. moment that is the the highlight of that season for good or bad. This is a whole kettle, a different kettle of fish, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you know, even like those other moments, it, it was like two people, two people, two people, um, and this was nearly half the cast was involved and and it it probably is even more than that but just we haven't seen the editing so you know we haven't seen the footage of how much actually took place during you know during tribal council you know what did what did tommy you know contribute to the conversation what did dean contribute to the conversation you know karishma did some talking but what you know what else was being said you know in that group and you know, you could see Dan bristling about, well, you're just not going to let it go. You're just not going to let it go. And we're like, well, no, we're not going to. I mean, I, I, I would, I had the same reaction, you know, that Jeff did. It's like, no, we're never letting this go. I mean, yeah, we're going to have, this, we're going to, we're going to have this conversation. And, and, and there's just an ick factor. You know, I, I have seen, you know, even as a, um, as a, as a uh, gay man, when I was younger, uh, you know, um, because especially in the gay community, there's a lot of object, objectification 
um, that is done. And and again, just like we saw with this week's episode, there there are no bright lines. You know the the morality of it all, the ethics of it all is can be shifting ground depending on how it's being uh, looked at, how it's being utilized. So what we saw was where Kelly, you know, was clearly uncomfortable from the very beginning, whether she was, you know, um, hypersensitive or this was just a flat out creeper, you know, it doesn't matter one way or another. She didn't like it. And, and there was something obviously besides just the touching of what she was sensing that was Mm -hmm. going along with it, that just was really creepy and inappropriate, you know, and, and the thing is, if anybody has ever, you know, been in that situation, whether you're a woman or even a man, um, you know it how it feels, and it feels yeah. icky. It feels yeah. gross. If you know, they say I felt like I had to take a shower. They say that for a reason because it just feels dirty, um, and so you know it. You just know it. And, and what was really astounding was watching, even with it being edited, how um, unaware Dan was. Um, in terms of how he was crossing those boundaries and then for him to argue, well, I've been a talent, you know, manager and agent or whatever, and I haven't had any complaints, this, that, and the other. Well, okay. Maybe that's true. Maybe it's not. But, but the reality is, is that just because you've, you know, been around young people, you know, I bet you, if you talk to some of them, you're going to find out that, you know, many of them think you're just creep, you know, creepy AF and, you could just see it, you know, it was just the little touches. And, you know, I thought, okay, let me think back when I was playing the game and, you know, and and I was going back to that time, like putting myself in that because you're with strangers, you're sleeping together on the ground. You don't know these people. And it brought back two distinct memories that I had. Um, One, and I actually talked to Nalia about this week and, um, uh, but I, I remembered specifically, and it must have been, she just intuitively must have known I was gay because there was a point in time where she came to me and she said, would you mind um, uh, sleeping with me? Um, and it was done, she said it, you know, obviously, it, you know, she felt safe. And what she was worried about was that because she was young and Gabe was young, that they would potentially try to create, you know, a showmance. You know, it was obviously, I don't even think that was the word back then to describe it. But she was very aware um, that, you know, she was a young woman and Gabe was a young man and that she just didn't want to be put in that light. You know, it was important for her not to give that, you know, uh, appearance. And so I remember that specifically, that specific conversation. And then another time when we had so many people that lasted for so long that we would rotate um, people. um, And so you get to be in the middle of everybody and stay warm. And then, you know, the next night you'd rotate out to the outside and we didn't do it all the time, but that was kind of the decorum is, you know, every few days you'd be in the middle and, and then, you know, and then you'd work your way back out to the outside. It was the time where Gabe and I were in, in that sardine kind of um, drill and he um, was the inside spoon and I was the outside spoon in that <laughs> little conga line of sleeping. And, and, and it was, you know, and it was cold. And I remember, you know, he said, it's okay, you can put your arm around me. And 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 what that meant was, you know, because we would be warmer, you know, if we were that much, you know, closer, if we were kind of all cuddled up. And But I remember even then being very cognizant of boundaries, even though 
you know, he's the inside spoon, um, grateful, you know, and, and just being polite, you know, and having kind of an etiquette. So when you saw the footage of Dan's hand, you know, wandering, you know, on the thigh, it just, it really grossed me out and creeped me out. Um, because that kind of behavior forces the person that it's happening to, to make a decision. Do you confront the person? You know, do you just kind of be, I call it Pepe Le Pew and the cat. It's, I've <laughs> said it for years, even as a young man, there were plenty of times I was that cat and squeezing myself out of situations because older gay men, you know, or just any, you know, person that was kind of being forward. And I wasn't comfortable with that of having to kind of extract myself out of situations um, that would pop up, you know, and it's not the exclusive domain of women. I mean, by far the majority of uh, these kinds of issues happen to, to women across the board, but it does happen to men as well. And so that peppy and the pew and the cat, you know, it's like you're, you're always kind of in a plain dumb and just kind of batting them away. Like, Oh, you, you know, and you do all that kind of stuff. And, you know, meanwhile, you're taking the hand off your ass and, you know, you know, off your leg and, you know, all of that kind of stuff, but you're trying to, you know, and, and some people just don't get the signals, you know, or don't yeah. want to get the signals. And then it creates a situation of, you know, and, and when you're in an artificial environment like survivor and you're there and you've, you know, for many people, they've applied multiple times and they've waited years and years to get, to get on the show. And all of a sudden you're confronted with this creeper, you know, who is allegedly, you know, doing the things he's doing. Um, you know, can you imagine how difficult that, that trying to yeah. navigate that would be of you know how do you do this and meanwhile you've got producers with cameras running around with their clipboards and their and their booms and everything else and you're thinking can you what you can't see this like come on don't make me have to like destroy my game or alter my game you know like you know pull, somebody pull this guy off to the side and tell him knock it off and if he doesn't knock it off remove him you know and and so that's where I think that line you know that got really gray was how much did how much do the producers know you know i mean because they've got the footage they're looking at it i mean they can see it um you know and so it, it created a situation where you know kelly you know did do what she, you know, she could do at least with what we saw and and the fourth wall was broken and but you know but it was still allowed to be manipulated as gameplay you know and and that's where everybody was on these different levels but the the but the editing you know, uh, didn't do them any favors because uh, we didn't get to maybe see as much as that, which actually was there. They still gave us a lot. I mean, they showed his wandering hands and his, his touching and his, you know, invading personal space and, you know, and people reacting to it. Um, and, but then it just became like, this just this cesspool of just crap. Which it is that very unique aspect of what we saw like as you said the fourth wall breaking i mean the very first time we've ever heard a producer actually full-on ask a question and kind of have that conversation and then mm -hmm. kind of going out of their way to intersect footage of where you see dan's touching and things like that because you know it's and this is kind of going into a point which i just want to say that this 
isn't I'm not defending Dan. I'm just simply saying Dan didn't get a voice in that section until the end, but we at least saw it, so it's not just simply a case of mm-hmm. this is one person saying it and we don't know whether it's true or not. We saw that it was true what Kelly was saying. Mm-hmm. And exactly as you said, whether Dan is intentional in his actions of it being inappropriate or not, or he's just a touchy-feely guy, it doesn't matter. If a mm-hmm. person is uncomfortable mm-hmm. with that touching, you stop. That's it's. Mm-hmm. There's no ifs and buts about that. It's that simple. So mm-hmm. I think it was important that we saw that. And then ultimately Dan got that voice at the end and also when Janet approached Dan. So kind of to, to have those levels there I think was important to showcase everything. But then obviously mm-hmm. Dan's conversation, we can maybe talk about that after. But what mm-hmm. I found very unique about how this was all done, and you obviously brought it up, um, you know, we can probably talk about your situation a little bit separately, but the two that really stood out to me, you mentioned the Ted and Gandia infamous moment from Thailand, and then you ultimately have also All Stars mm-hmm. with Richard Hatch and Sue Hawke, two moments which... Yeah, yes. I mean, I would say that the, the Sue, not to take away from what we saw in this episode, but I mean you had a naked man rub his genitalia on a woman, which, mm-hmm. you know, I think is a lot more serious than what happened this episode. Different times. Mm-hmm. We've obviously developed mm-hmm. a lot more as a community to where we are today, to what we were back then. But, I mean, you remember watching Survivor back then. I would almost go out on a limb and say Gandia was just run through the coals after that situation. No one really, I felt, sympathised much with Gandia after that. And even the Sue mm-hmm. situation, people questioned what? Sue, didn't they? It wasn't a case of Richard was wrong, this is disgusting. You know what I mean? So it's kind of it's it's interesting to me that mm-hmm. Survivor have gone so far with this episode to portray it this way. And again, you probably put that down to the times we live in now versus two thousand and four and two thousand and two. But still, mm-hmm. like where was this seventeen and fifteen years ago? Well, and and I think it's, I, you know, I don't know. I'm struggling with it. I really am. I mean, it's I, I, like I think everybody is. I think because there are certain things that are very clear to me as to what was going on. But then when I apply that to the, the rules of the game. That's where that's where I have a hard time because I can look at all of these things in isolation and, and apply them to the real world. But this wasn't the, the quote unquote real world because they were in this artificial environment. Um, and so, you know, in that environment, you know, there are no rules you know, except for whatever the tribe wants to make. And then and then and we get to witness their choices. And then what happens is then we apply it to the world we live in. Mm. And then that's where that big reaction like comes in. So, um you know, let me take you back. So if you let's go back to 2002, when when Rob tried to out me, um, I think it was done to use something very personal about me that I had not brought into the game myself um, in terms of everybody else. I'd only told one person privately, and that was Tammy. And and, you know, and I said, I'm just that's not something I want to divulge for whatever reason. Um, and so and she honored that while we were playing the game. And, and then as Rob was realizing, you know, he was running out of options, he kind of threw this Hail Mary, you know, and asked me if I was gay in front of everybody, you know, around the fire, you know, and, um, and it was a desperate move, but the tribe took care of it. They didn't react to it. 
they they didn't condemn him, you know. And I I do today, you know, today think well, really nobody did really like at least not that I was aware of. They didn't do what they did with Zeke, and it was a very different time. Um, so it was kind of isolating, and it was just kind of like wow. It was like a shocking move. Like all the fights and stuff that I'd had with him and Sean, I was like, you just crossed a boundary. Like, I know you crossed this boundary. Like, that's like not fair game. Um, And it didn't work out for him. But what would have happened if I had gotten voted out because of it? You know, where would we be about that particular situation? You know, but, but it didn't happen. But then, you know, you fast forward Ted and Gandia, same thing. There are rules. And if somebody got handsy and the tribe gets to do that, well, then why didn't the tribe come to her rescue? You know, and there's and you could wax poetic and, you know, speak rhetorically till the cows come home. You know, is it because she was, you know, uh, you know, on, on her way out? She was combative. She was, you know, a black woman. I mean, who knows? I mean, what? Like why it didn't work out for her. But the umbrage that you would expect or should have expected should have risen up and Ted should have been, you know, ostracized and, and, you know, taken care of that way by the tribe. You know, same thing with Richard and Sue. You know, it's one thing to be a bunch of frat boys, you know, grabbing each other's junk and, and doing all that. You know, these were people that were in their 40s, you know, um, and, you know, and, and that was, you know, sexual harassment for sure. And, you know, and probably a sexual assault, um, sexual battery um, by by doing that. She didn't ask for that to happen. She didn't give permit permission. And, you know, and it really, really upset her, um, embarrassed her. But, you know, again, that umbrage, you know, like, where was it? But then we get to Barner and Zeke. And then it's very clear, like that was. Um, an absolute boundary crossing, like, you know, a deal breaker, you're done, you're out of here, a no vote vote, you know, you're done. And the tribe took care of it itself. So I think what happened is we were kind of primed that as we've moved over time, when you've had these kind of social, you know, instances of boundary crossing, calling it gameplay, but really using personal, personal information that, you know, that goes beyond the game um, or behavior that goes beyond the game. But with Zeke and Varner, that tribe, I mean, it, it, they were outraged. There was tears, there was yelling. I mean, it, there was people was, you know, they were broken hearted and, um, you know, and they took care of it. Then now you move forward in time. And here is Kelly revealing her truth about, you know, she's feeling, you know, violated. She's feeling sexually harassed by a fellow contestant, the producers are not like stepping in because, you know, they don't. I mean, this is part of the game. And this is where I struggle because I'm like, you know, we signed up for this, but the tribe should have fixed this. I don't think it was the producer's job in terms of initially stepping in. I feel like once everybody knew that should have just been a deal breaker across the board, they should have been their own tribe meeting to sit down with Dan and just say, Dan, you know, when you just keep your hands off of people and just stop, you know, you, you, you may not mean anything by it, but it's making people uncomfortable and you need to stop like now. And if you don't, it may cause you to get voted out <laughs> or we're going to have to go to the you know, production, whatever it was that never happened as far as we know. 
So it was permissive. And then what happened is, is once it finally was like brought up, then then this is where human nature came in. And they and some of them decided to use that information for gameplay. And that was so anathema to where we were with Zeke and Varner that it just was outrageous. And yeah. but they were blinded by the game. You know, Missy's young. Elizabeth is not that young. Elizabeth shouldn't have known better, but she made a decision, a calculated decision that she was going to use that information, embellish what was going on to, you know, kind of elevate her game, at least by the editing. Um, and that Missy, even though it was happening, you know, it, she wasn't reacting to it the same way. Uh, at least that, again, with the editing, what they were showing us that it just wasn't real. You know, it was more like, you know, well, that's just Dan, just Dan being Dan. And I'm fine with it. Where Kelly, it was getting under her skin and it was upsetting her, you know, and she has a right to feel that way, just like Missy did. But then Missy decided to use it for gameplay, you know, and then ends up getting Janet involved. And then for Janet, who is an older woman who is, you know, been around the block, I am sure, with the industry she was in. You know, the stuff that she was seeing. And so for her, it was a bright line like this is crossing a line and I am within the confines of the game. So I'm going to change my game up to do what's right, because it's the right thing to do, even though I'm playing a game. The problem is, is the people around her weren't doing the same, you know, and then Aaron decides to offer himself up as just completely tone deaf, you know, borderline, uh, uh, you know, chauvinist and. Um, you know, and starts mansplaining all over the place, you know, and it was just, you know, so cringeworthy watching him just like, dude, shut your mouth. Are you like, do you hear yourself? You know, but he, but he was so caught up with his own arrogance and his own worldview and all of that. So, I mean, he put all of that together in those two episodes and it was ugly. Yeah, absolutely agree. And I think, the overlining factor too that plays a lot into this, particularly with the reaction and everything that's happened with it, is you know through your incident, through through Ted, through Richard, um, something like social media wasn't a thing as well. So there there perhaps wasn't this as much mm-hmm. of an outcry that we can see that in the public conversation mm-hmm. as we would now. And like yeah. absolutely, things would have been. I, I know we talked about this with you on the Zeke episode a couple of years ago. It would have been a hundred times different today had it been, you know, there. But also, it kind of, mm-hmm. as you pointed out, each of those situations, very unique in the fact that Rob did what he did with you. Rob was promptly voted out, whether not for that reason, but he he went home pretty quickly. Gandia, home pretty quickly. Yeah. Richard was voted yeah. out. Sue quit the next day. So they were done with really, really quickly. Varna, gone. The opposite, this is the complete opposite because right. obviously, you know, if, if Dan had gone home, had Missy in that not done what they did and Dan just went home. Yeah. We'd be talking about the inappropriate touching. Yeah. We would be talking about that, but it would be all done. Boom. Cool. All right. He deserves to go home. What a creep by Dan. Right. But obviously we don't right. have that, which is adding the extra layers to it. Now, the thing that's lost in this, and we'll obviously talk about this after we've gone through this because there's gameplay to talk about here. Kelly got voted out with two freaking idols in her pocket. Now, right. I don't think this has happened since James. Somebody can correct me there. Like, yeah. this is a big bloody right. thing that somebody gets voted out yeah. with two idols in their pocket, but no one's talking about that because of everything else that happened. Before, well, but, before... You, but you can't, but you can't, sep- yeah, but you can't separate 
what happened from the fact that she did, because I think, uh, and again, I've not read anything uh, uh, as far as what she has said, but my interpretation was that once it came out of what Dan was doing and that it was happening to other people, Mm -hmm. she herself made a calculation that because she was vulnerable and open about what was going on and that people had kind of rallied around her and, and also had, you know, had shared that they were experiencing, you know, something similar. I think she made a calculation that everybody was just going to do the right thing, get rid of the guy, you know, get rid of that, get rid of that presence. And then let's go back and let's put the game on pause, get rid of him. And then let's go back and play the game. So she made a calculated decision to not use the, the to use that, but, but that her conversations would keep her safe. And you know, little did she know that you know uh, Elizabeth truly, you know, with I think the the way it was shown, really did think that Janet was using this as as gameplay and was just really out of touch, you know, Which... to realize that you know that no Janet was was stepping out of the role of being a tribe member and alliance member and was being a human being first and, you know, a, a, a woman that wanted to protect these other women, mainly mm-hmm. because that's who she is. And we're also right, you know, uh, in the throes of this huge cultural shift as it yeah. applies to the relationship between men and women and, the objectification of women and, you know, but on the other side of that are, you know, are when those moments do happen, that women will make a choice, you know, um, sometimes they don't have a choice, but it looks like it's a choice to go ahead and deal with it and continue on because their livelihood, their careers, their education, you know, whatever is in the mix. And then there is also people who, you know, um, will, you know, manipulate that and, um, and, and see it as an opportunity. Which, which Um, I was going to add too to that, to kind of add to the multifaceted layers of this, John, is that obviously though, this is different because we do have clear cut evidence in front of our eyes of what Dan did. But I also think it opens that door on the layers of this set. As you said, we've got this huge cultural shift now, you know, men's actions and attitudes to women are being brought to light and and how you know women are kind of finally standing up and saying no this is this is how it should be which is fantastic but then kind of i think the thing also and i i do recommend and this is i don't know if you've seen jeff varner's tweets or not or anything but like jeff did tweet out a few sort of instances about his thoughts and there are some very interesting points in what he said that a lot of people haven't been discussing about which i think kind of is is important to at least acknowledge you know i think kind of through what elizabeth and missy did too is that it also i think highlights in these situations as well that you know through words and actions when you jump through these things too that there can be victims who maybe didn't you know, it's it's not as it's not what people are saying. Like they can be falsely accused. I'm not saying Dan was falsely accused because he wasn't. No, no. But it, yeah, no. It, I think you know where I'm trying to say with this, John. Like it kind of yeah, well, it opened well, well, up different what, levels of that, doesn't it? Well, well, for sure. I mean, we saw all of it. We saw all the different levels. We saw both sides of, of the coin and all of the different facets. Because you know, you had somebody who was absolutely feeling the way she was feeling, and we had mm-hmm. physical, like, footage of it. 
and uh, both with her and with Missy, you know, and uh, touching her toes and say, oh, who do you think that is? You know, and and so that is the defense mechanism of and and, and so other or the other alternatives kick him in the face. You know what I mean? <laughs> so um, it, it, that's one alternative. So. So you have you you see these kind of you see Kelly on the one side who who's breaks down because she just is tired of the creepiness of it. She just wants to play her game, but she's like fending off this guy, the Peppy Pew Pew and the cat kind of situation. And Missy is like it's happening to her, but you know I I think you know in her I think maybe part of hers is you know she's a strong woman, um, both physically and mentally, and. Um, you know, and I imagine she feels like she could handle him, you know, and then you got Elizabeth who, from what it looked like was embellishing what was going on to bring herself into the mix, but was actually using it to manipulate as, you know, as gameplay, but it was all done in isolation in the heat of the moment. And there wasn't any of that, take a step back and say, you know, is this what you want to show? Like, is this what you, cause we're all aware of that. I mean, like when I was on, you know, all these years ago, I mean, I knew part of my job was to be entertaining. You know, I knew that, you know, um, that our, our season was an important season, you know, uh, in the kind of overall, um, survivor, you know, experience. We were supposed to go to Jordan. We didn't. Africa was landlocked and they were full of parasites and they had all the problems, you know? And so it was, and then all of a sudden it's like, okay, you're heading into that second year. Where is this going to go? We were all aware of that in one way, you know, shape or form. And so we wanted to, you know, you know, bring the drama and bring the humor and do all those things. But even when we were doing that, for the most part, there were still boundaries. But, you know, I went back and, you know, started thinking about like just in our season um, and when and how Rob spoke about people. You know, he could never get away with that today, ever. Absolutely not. Like, no, not call me a big time queer, you know, and that, you know, I'm all rough and tough, except for I cook. You know, he does want to sleep next to me, at least not for the first night, you know, and that Tammy's a man, you know, and just all the blatant sexism and all of that, you know, and it's, it's always stuck in my craw without a doubt that, you know, it's like, that's, that's what he projected. And yet, you know, we see him in all stars and then we see him, you know, it'll be six times when season 40 is done, you know, and, um, you know, and he has evolved, you know, um, to a certain degree, you know, you can see that. Um, but it's, you know, it's tough when you know that that is the legacy, um, of our season, like digitally, it is still there. And I've even thought about like just this week, like writing CBS and just saying, you know, um, would you remove that? you know, from that episode, you know, calling me a big time queer and, you know, calling Tammy a man. I mean, it's just, that's not healthy. It's not good. Um, I didn't feel good hearing it, watching it with my family back when it first came out. Um, it was bullying, even though it wasn't done to my face, you know, once it aired, um, it it was bullying, you know, and, you know, and, you know, you know, people are going to talk to the camera and try to give some good one liners and all of that. But that was just really ugly, you know, and 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 then it was like, um, well, I mean, they built a shrine for him, for God's sake. <laughs> you know, I mean, I mean, you know, Jeez. I mean, by the time we're done, you know, think about where he started with the very first episode and things he said and the way he behaved, you know, and then 17 years later, they're building him a shrine. 
Um, yeah. You know, and to me, I'm like, that's, you know, that says a lot about like why what happened that week, you know, ratings and viewers and, you know, all of those things, because drama will bring it. But there's just certain levels of drama you, you just don't do. But um, but, you know, w- but this week is about them. It's this is not about what happened, you know, in 2002. But w- the reason I have, I think, focused on it for myself is I very quickly I, I looked and I saw these moments over the last 20 years where um, those kinds of either outing people or inappropriateness that's been there. And, you know, and it's always kind of taken its care of itself in the game, but it still aired. You know, it was still um, I don't know, condoned, if you will, just simply because it was done kind of documentary style. So it's like, hey, if you said it, it's going to air. But at the same time, it's like, you know, I don't know. There's just – I've been struggling with it all week. I'll, ben, I'll tell you, this week has been, for in terms of, like, you know, my relationship with Survivor and it's been the – really been, like, really the toughest one. And I've just said, you know, is this train really – you know, is it kind of need to come to a stop? You know, do I need, do I need to get out at the next stop? You know, I've, I've – you know, I'm 54 years old. I have spent – a third of my life involved with survivor in one way or another, whether it was on the show, you know, I've considered myself to be a really good ambassador of the show over the nearly two decades since I played, I have sent them people, you know, uh, to which, um, were on some of the most recent, um, shows, you know, Chris Hammonds and Chris Noble. Um, you know, um, I had a number of people make the finals that I sent off to them. I've done the charity events. I, you know, do shows like yours and podcasts like yours. And, and, you know, I've just, I've always been a, a loyal soldier. And then, but like this week, I just thought, this is just gross. You know, this is just really gross. And I don't know where the calculation, you know, came in, how they were, frankly, I think there was, there was probably a potential. They didn't even need to air any of it, you know? Um, but the way tribal went down, they had mm. no choice, you know, which um, that maybe they could have removed him, you know, and just got him out and just pulled him out of the game, you know, and dealt with that legally if they had to. But, to, you know, if, if there was any clue at all that, you know, he was being inappropriate, you know, if 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 a, if a direct warning stopped touching the women as a direct warning wasn't heeded, they could have pulled him, you know, which. Yeah, look, I, I'll first of all say that. I think it's very important. Uh, your, I read your tweets and I think it's very important for yourself to have that comment to bring that into the conversation because I really do think that a lot of, and like going into what you're saying about, you know, thinking about like, is this the end? Like, I don't know if I want to watch this anymore. And again, as I said, like I had that thoughts. I know Eliza had that thoughts. I've seen other people having that thoughts because I think a lot of people's issues also around what we've seen this week is, is also how CBS has been handling it because mm-hmm. – it has to be brought into that conversation, situations like yours, John, and, you know, Ted's, Sue's, um, you know, these incidences, again, that I said were far worse, really, on the grand scheme of mm-hmm. things. And, and, again, not taking away from what's happened this week. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. it's – and it's just – it's the handling of it. Now, look, again, times change. Things are different. Mm-hmm. Something that we're watching on TV this week might be incredibly mm-hmm. offensive and wrong in 10 years' time. We can't predict that. But right. it's, it's, it's also a case of – I agree with you. I think there's no way of avoiding showing this. Do we need it to the extent that we got? I don't know. I mean, 
again, how do you avoid that? That mm-hmm. tribal council, you can't avoid it. You can't avoid Janet's reaction with Elizabeth and Missy, things like that. You know, we've talked in the last few weeks about certain things that are shown that really don't need to be seen because on the grand... The thing that I have with this is when you see something like this that's part of the game, it's unavoidable. You have to show it. Whereas if you're bringing in an issue that maybe has nothing to do with the game and you've just been a bit woke because of that's how times are, it has nothing to do with the game, that's when I'm like, okay, why are we seeing that? This week, no avoiding it. But it's just interesting because, I mean, you even brought up then, like, should they have pulled in from the game? I think that was the biggest question I got sent to ask you about from about three different people. And mm-hmm. I, I look... I have an opinion on that. It's not about me, though. I'd like to hear your opinion. Mm-hmm. Should Dan have been pulled from the game after this situation? Um, so here's, I guess, you know, 2020 hindsight is really can be a dangerous thing. And, you know, and as a reminder, none of us were there. But here's the way that I, I would see, you know, any of this is that if early in the game, um, the touching had been reported or just even in the confessionals with the producers, that he was handsy and it was making people uncomfortable. I feel that he should have been pulled off to the side and given a direct, clear warning, you know, not a group meeting and talking in vagaries, um, you know, and, and kind of broad stroke, but like, but a number of women have reported that they feel uncomfortable with you touching them. We're going to, we're giving you an official warning. You need to stop. If you do it again and they report it to us, we will pull you from the game period mm-hmm. end of story. And then go back to those women and say, here's what we did. We sat him down. We did not tell him who it was, but we said, if he does it again, um, we're going to pull him from the game and, um, and then leave it there. And, and I think if they had done that and then he proceeded to have done it again, then they could have pulled them from the game. You know, touching yeah. isn't just beating somebody up, you know, yeah. um, touching, you know, is, I, you know, there's inappropriateness on one level. Then there is a full on sexual battery of where you're physically actually t- touching them and it's not wanted, you know, and, and what he was doing based on what we could see was really just pushing the boundaries, you know, and it's like we were talking just different people. I mean, the next morning at work, I, I just, I, I, it was just bad. I mean, it was just, it just, it triggered a lot of stuff. And I've known women who have been sexually assaulted. You know, I was sexually assaulted when I was 19. I mean, it brought a lot of stuff up, you know. And then, you know, my perpetrator, I ran into many, many years later and, um, you know, made some like vague reference to it, like as if it was like consensual and, and, and just, you know, it, so it brought a lot of stuff up. And I think, even though there wasn't an overt like grope, you know, there was just a lot of fondling, you know, it was what we could see just inappropriate touching that just had this creep factor all over it. And, and, and I think what's happened is, is it's really triggered a lot of people who have had to endure that and then to watch it happen on television and then to see the people around Kelly, not rise up in just outrage and vote his ass out is what I think really triggered everybody of like, wow. Like, is that like where we're at, you know, morally and ethically that, you know, this guy is doing that. Multiple people are saying that, but you decide that, you know, you're going to use him as a goat. And I think that that 
that's ultimately what made this so disgusting. Um, and that's probably the universal word that I've heard the most, both that I've seen on social media, but in just talking with people that I know um, who have watched the episode is just disgust. They're just disgusted with everybody and they're just and brokenhearted. And I think they feel betrayed. I think they really just feel betrayed that the show has been around for this long and they managed to fuck this up this bad. I think you summed that up perfectly. I, I couldn't agree with anything that you said more. I will say, though, one thing that is important to point out is that through all of this and the one thing that's getting universal praise from this episode is Janet with her handling of the situation and yes. her as a, as a human yeah. being. And I'm going to join that praise because Janet Absolutely. is just a, wonder, a wonderful person through everything that she did. As I said, she played, yeah. not played, she she went to all sides of the whole situation, covered all right. the bases and she stood was the, up. The, the, the lone adult in the room, you know what I mean? Yeah. She, she sat down, she was measured, she, you know, she processed, but what her moral compass led her the way the entire time. It's one thing to play a game that's built on deceit and, you know, in, in psychological warfare in terms of what you're doing, you know, but she knew enough to say, okay, this isn't that, you know? And mm-hmm. so I'm going to go ahead. If, if, if he's not going to be removed, then we're going to have to remove him, you know, ourselves and get this presence out of here because nobody can play a fair game if they're worried about you know wandering hands at night or in the water you know or walking down the beach you know or whatever it is nobody should ever whether it's a game or in real life have to endure those kinds of you know hey baby baby kind of moments nobody should have to endure those things and i think that's what was so off-putting is that we got to witness what Kelly was going through until she finally broke down, you know, with the producer. And it was just, it finally just was hitting her. And then at the same time of like, you know, do I want to screw up my game? And am I, you know, am I overreacting? And, you know, all the things that you do when you're confronted with these kinds of things, you know, whenever you have one of these situations, whether it's sexual violence or sexual, you know, harassment or, you know, inappropriate, you know, um, touching, you know, there's always this part when you are, the person it happens to that you have this dialogue that's in your head, you know, is it me? Did I do something, you know, to do that? And it's that stupid trope, you know, that, um, you know, that is always just cycling, you know, in your head. And so, and I think that that's ultimately we got, cause we were seeing that. So anybody that had ever had something similar like that happen to them, you know, is, you know, feeling angry and helpless and frustrated and disgusted and angry. And, you know, I mean, you know, and rinse and repeat, you know what I mean? So, you know, I look at what Janet did and what she was trying to do and then to see her become like beaten up over it is, was just so heartbreaking. I mean, it was just really sad then. It was just a really sad like moment, you know, and, and just disappointing because the other part was, it was really shaping up to be a really good season. And even when they mentioned, you know, Dan stuff at the beginning, it felt like, you know, when they did it, yeah, it was there, but you, you, you felt like, is that foreshadowing? You know, that seems kind of ominous, well, you know, and that's what I would yeah. tell you is that, that's what I would, which is kind of ominous that like, okay, it's, if nobody's cleaning his clock, you know, um, which in one way or another, 
other than we, a yeah. point, you know, in a really awful way. We had we had talked in the last week or two about a little bit of the dance situation before. I mean, again, like I think you said at the very beginning of the episode, there's no way we could have had any idea this was going to happen. Um, but we had sort of alluded to why are we seeing this? Is this just because he's a, a Hollywood producer and this is kind of the thing right now that like all Hollywood producers are creepers and this is why they're showing this? But, I mean, you know, we said that in hindsight of having absolutely no clue what we're about to see. It was kind mm-hmm. of, it was it was one of these questions that we were asking because, I mean, we talked a little bit about this with Jamal and Jack a couple of weeks ago. It's kind of like, well, what was the point of that? That both of them got voted out. Well, there's no, there's no point of that except for bringing up an issue. Whereas I think now, like, it's, it's kind of clear, as you said, a bit of foreshadowing, laying the seeds because we did have that in the very first episode, didn't we, with kind of, you know, Dan getting a little bit, you know, touchy-feely, whereas Kelly straight away is like, I'm not a person who likes mm-hmm. to be touched. I don't even like to be hugged. So kind mm-hmm. of, I mean, this is, this is the thing mm-hmm. that, you know, again, mm-hmm. I don't. With all the praise, uh, all the negatives here, like the praise though with Survivor and CBS for the most part is that they're very attuned at this now. Thirty nine seasons in, they know how to lay these things, and we should be knowing this as you know viewers for twenty years. That ninety nine point nine percent of what they show is being shown for a reason, and clearly that was being shown for a reason. Yeah, um, you know, and then, uh, um, and then, and then bringing in that whole mansplaining. Uh, piece of errands which was just so unnecessary and made it even more outrageous you know and it was just like this piling on and it was just like wow but then again we're the viewers we're seeing all of it like edited together in a nice little package for us where all this other stuff you know had been playing out over you know 20 something days and um you know so in many ways you know what it did is when it was confronted you know is that, you know, when someone says, hey, I was sexually assaulted or I was sexually harassed, you know, is your first instinct to go, well, prove it, you know, um, or, oh, I don't think so, you know, or that's not true. Or is your first instinct to say, I believe you and mm-hmm. tell, you know, tell me, tell me what's going on and how can I help? You know, and that's where Aaron's huge misstep was, was somehow because he didn't know in his own male arrogance that if he didn't know, it could not be true. Because something like that, he would know about. And I'm like, buddy, <laughs> you've got a lot to learn, young man. Um, mm. Because you know, he's, he's very gym. Like I'm a personal trainer, bro, bro, bro. That's like my viewpoint of yeah. Aaron. Now he did do some video. He did some videos which I have not watched because um, you know I just it's I'm just kind of exhausted you know by it all. But it's really hard you know when it's all you know said and done you know. But yeah, there's just this 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 episode kind of just triggered me and you know a lot and i will you know i'm just been i've always been very honest you know and just spoke my mind you know when you know you and i have spoken yeah it's yeah. Uh, look before yeah. we i yeah. think i think we need to well, get into some gameplay those, stuff and yeah no i'll just wrap this piece up and then we can talk about the gameplay but it, it's um you know it's all these years you know of, of watching the game and then just and and seeing all this play out you know and there is just that part of me that is like Man, you know, I've really hung in there for a long time and you know, one to watch the show because I'm just a fan. But, you know, I would, be, you know, I wouldn't be honest, you know, if I didn't say that, you know, that like trying to maintain the connection to it, staying on the radar, whether it's in social media or sending them potential contestants, you know, I was trying to keep my hat in the ring. But, you know, after a while, you have to say, you know, why do you keep wanting to be a, you know, a member of a club that clearly doesn't want you, <laughs> you know? So that, and then watching this happen this week, and I just thought, you know, I have given just an enormous amount of my, my own resources, time, 
you know, to this show. And, you know, I'm, I'm kind of having my own kind of like epiphany, you know, of, wow, you know, like, oof, you know, it's 17 years, John. Um, you know, and this, you know, this last week, I'm like, Ugh. you know, I don't know. I'm struggling. I'm, I'm like, literally, I, I, I can't tell you whether or not I'm going to watch next week or if I'll ever watch again. Um, and I, and I will tell you this, I would be surprised. I would not be surprised if I don't. Well, I was going to ask you, and you might not be able to answer this one now then. Do you think this season can be saved? I don't know because I don't know what the next episode is going to hold because how do you go from this and this, you know, and, you know, and obviously, you know, if I'm sure that it's already in the can and I wouldn't be surprised with the outrage and everything that's happened that they haven't gone back and, you know, and said, okay, do we need to, you know, is there some re-editing that we need to, to do, you know, because obviously they don't want to drag this, this kind of outrage out where, you know, this was the first time ever across the board that I saw survivors and survivor fans aligned saying why they were really questioning whether or not they were done with the show after, after seeing something like this, like, you know, do you want to give that kind of time and, and, um, you know, resource to something like that, if that's what you're going to end up getting, you know, in return. So I don't know what they're going to do. I mean, it's what I, I just feel like Dan's story is not done. Like, you know, Leopard doesn't necessarily change its spots, you know, in three days. Um, so, you know, is it something where, you know, we, we have to kind of all watch him, you know, but obviously it's done in the past. But is that what's going to happen? Is this is going to be drug out and then it's going to be bring more outrage? Because let's say he does touch somebody again or allegedly touches somebody again. And um, is that and then does that create the well, why the hell didn't you get rid of him? You know, if, if something else happens, you know, somebody else feels, um, you know, that he's inappropriate. And there's like a clip for next week. And I don't know if this was out of order, but he's like laying on the ground and somebody's standing in front of him. And he's got his hand on, on a female's calf. And I'm thinking, oh, God, please tell me that was like filmed in the past before this. Please just don't tell me he went straight into touching like somebody's leg um but, you know because you know they got the receipts it's called, you know it's, it's filmed so um i don't know man i don't know i don't know I, I i think i am in that space where a lot of people are of just like dread like do you know uh, you know do i want to watch it again and and even if i were to watch the next episode like do i want to like, do i want to watch it knowing that kelly is you know in the jury and she shouldn't be you know, and it's just tainted across the board. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, so let's just kind of we'll, let's flip it into a little bit of, uh, of a high note before we wrap up here. So let's just I say I do so. watch. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, Look, it's, it, the, so, the thing too is that it's leading into next season, of course, being all winners. Like, yeah. I mean, I I'd taken an exile yeah. from Survivor for about a year and sort of only caught up this year for the sole purpose of cool. I'll, I'll watch Thirty Nine Live. Will probably be a nothing season because I'm so excited for all winners and. Here we are. So um, I'm kind of wishing that I maybe had just not watched 36 through to 39 and just got straight back into all winners all of a sudden. But uh, yeah, uh, look, gameplay wise, I mean, as I said before, we had somebody voted out with two idols. 
We had, we, I mean, we, we talked about last week about how this was the first time we had gone into a merge. I think we worked mm. out since Blood vs. Water without an idol, and we had three found. Can I just point out, they were so easily found this week. Again, I know there's editing involved, but they just look so easily found. Kelly goes home with two idols. Janet plays her idol. Jamal goes home. I keep forgetting Jamal's gone home, and I love Jamal. Yeah. Um, I, I, look, I don't even know what I have a question here, John. I'm just kind of putting out dot points for you because, again, that's, sure. that's the gameplay we got this week, isn't it? That's, yeah, that's what yeah. happened. Well, I, I don't know what to ask. <laughs> well, I think Tommy's playing a really good game. <clears throat> he was kind of kept out of the editing this week in terms of what he was saying or not saying. To me, I'm like, well, is that actually, you know, is that, you know, kind of forecasting a, a winner's edit because – you know, he was really kind of a non-entity there. You know, I think he's a school teacher, and I don't know. It seemed like he was protected for by the editing. I don't know what he contributed, if he did at all. Um, you know, um, the um, I, and then with Janet, you know, um, she back in the mix. But, you know, are people going to be so threatened by what happened that, you know, are, are basically the people that should be in the game get voted out and the people that are just super icky because of everything that happened are going to be on our television sets for the next month, you know, as we whittle, you know, whittle things down um, because Jamal's gone. You know, he was definitely the moral center. You know, uh, Janet was a moral center, um, you know, and Missy was playing a really great game. You know, Lauren has kind of had a shaky game. I mean, it's like there's been moments of some really good g- g- gameplay, but then just really just being really not self-aware, you know, and having that big breakdown. And it went all of a sudden she's on the other side of the numbers. And it just was like, well, that's called Survivor. So, you know, but there really isn't anybody to root for, I guess, you know, I mean, overtly, Um it's tough. I mean, it's tough. Like, you know, I, I thought Kelly was just kicking ass and it was really going to be fun to kind of watch her, but I just hope Janet survives um, and can get herself into an, an, an ally and, and, and get in there with Tommy um, and, <clears throat> you know, maybe try to write some things that way. Uh, I hope that like Elizabeth, you know, goes out, you know, and, and an epic blind side um, hmm. and, uh, you know, I kind of, I kind of want Missy to resurrect her game um, and maybe hopefully have a moment. I hope there's moments along this way that there's, a, you know, a confessional of like attrition or excuse me, contrition, um, <laughs> probably a Freudian slip. Um, <laughs> but I, I would love it if there was a moment where they could be contrite and speak in, in that thing. But again, based on how all this went down, I don't know that anybody really even realize that but that what i think salvaged the season is if they had seen the errors of their ways and speak truth to that i think that could heal a lot and i think that even though they've done their apologies now in real in the real world if they had also had done them while the show was on and recognized the error of their ways and and were vulnerable in that sense when they would sit down and 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 uh talk with the producers that i think that could go a long way to salvage the season. But if we're missing that, I'm worried that, you know, it's just going to be just kind of an ugly season that um, we're just going to end up you know, hoping it ends <laughs> quickly so that, you know, people can move on to the, you know, the, uh, the winners and just pray yeah. that nothing awful is, you know, you know, is lurking there. 
It's very true. I think it's the thing too is like even looking at a potential winner because I mean, look, I've been an advocate that a woman's going to win this. I think we had a foreshadow from Sandra last week when it came to her sort of dropping that line of a woman's going to win this season. Um, I'm with you with Tommy. Tommy's been a long time winner's pick Mm -hmm. for me on the male side of things. I still. But it's just so tricky now because I've, I've been on the Elizabeth train for a winner for so long. But, I, I mean, I, I think she's completely lost that now. No one's voting for her at the end after this. Yeah. Um, so that yeah, she's no, gone. Yeah, no, I think she's done. I think Karishma could sneak in there now and she could rise <sighs> up. You know, Could she, though? She kind of had such a terrible you know, start to the game. Can yeah. she recover that? Yeah. But, you know, I mean, if she, if she can, you know, if she can organize some blind sides... And I think the way the editing was, she was invisible. And but you know she's you know but she's not a wallflower. So um, you know yeah, I don't know. It's going to be very interesting. I think we have to we have to like see what happens this next week. I'm just trying to decide if I want to watch to to see what happens. You know, I'm if I do watch it, it may it may not be on Wednesday. You know, I may you know. I don't know. DVR it. <laughs> Watch yeah. it a week later or something like that. What, what about Elaine, yeah. quickly? Because, I mean, Elaine was kind of with Tommy this week and a little bit invisible, but yeah. I mean, Elaine's had a strong edit. She's got a lot of uh, friends. She's also, um, you know, done some good gameplay. I think Elaine is all of a sudden stuck into a bit of a smoky position here that she could win this game. Yeah, I I, I don't... Um, she's got. I think she's got to do more, you know, to, to build her resume. But without a doubt, I think... With her charisma, you know, and Tommy um, are, you know, absolutely in the position of being able to kind of rise up because the other ones are just tainted, um, you know, many of them. Um, and so, yeah, it's going to be very interesting to see how this this dynamic works. But then, and then on top of it, where does Dan fit into this whole thing, you know? And you know, and at what point, you know, again alliance members and numbers and, and all of that, you know, are going to play a factor. So yeah, it'll be very interesting to see how it, how it all goes, but I have a feeling, you know, next week or, you know, even the week after that, it probably will sort itself out pretty, you know, pretty predictably. One thing, actually, I'll, I'll get into our rating before we wrap it up with some listener questions. The funniest thing, John, uh-huh. that I think not, not once have we mentioned this episode that the tribes actually merged this episode. Did we just forget right. that at the very beginning of this episode they merged? <laughs> yeah, I know. And that, and that Jack is sitting on the jury in like a weird yes. spot because, you know, and, and, you know, and, and does he know that, that Boss and Rob and Sandra are lurking up in their little perch? Oh. You know, I haven't even and, mentioned them, have we? Boston yeah, Robinson. No, I mean, we've talked about Rob, but I mean, you know, yeah. <laughs> they're there. Um, <laughs> Jamal lost his vote. All the important things that we clearly talk. Yeah, about. I know. It's like it's just you know, it's it it, it it it's triggered a lot of just really kind of soul searching and really you know thoughts about like you know the show. And, you know, and I don't know. I just feel like after almost twenty years, they could, they just, they should have learned the kind of lessons that that should have helped prevent what we saw. I could see where like this bungling um, could, you know, would be like season three, four, or five. You know, but mm-hmm. you would think that by the time you are a mature show with so many incarnations um, and and having bore witness to moments where you know personal information was utilized in the name of gameplay in a, you know, inappropriate way, um, you know, that they would have had a better handle on this, but, you know, but we know, you know, production, you know, changes, you know, people that were doing our show, 
you know, are they, you know, nearly none of them are around now. Um, but I don't know. I just, yeah, I, you know, and I say like when they were editing and when they were doing all this, how many women were in the room, you know, when they were putting this together, you know? Yeah. I think Cass on Rob has a podcast, I think raised the question about, um, should there be more female producers and editors involved in this and that we would have a different picture here, wouldn't we? Yeah. Well, think about it. Like the, the, when they broke the fourth wall, it was a male voice, not a female voice. So even when like that piece was coming on and they knew that this part was coming into play, like, well, where, where was the female producer talking with Kelly? You know, and not that a male couldn't do it, but, um, but I do think that it, and I, I haven't heard that interview with Cass, but I think that that would be spot on is to say, you know, had a, a female producer gotten that information um, would have been different, but it doesn't require that. I think that's what's important. Uh, but having that kind of diversity is absolutely important when half the cast is female, <laughs> you know, so is half production female. Probably not. Mm, yeah. Very interesting topics there. I'm going to wrap it up with some listener questions, but just quickly, we, we rate uh, each epi- okay. episode. Yep. Um, our scale is buy it, rent it, bin it. Um, I already said on my social media this week, this was, you know, not only is this the most interesting episode, I'm, I'm just, I think this was the worst episode of Survivor I've ever seen. Uh, so I'm easily binning this episode. I think it's, yeah, a, a red for me. Uh, I don't know how you would, if you would change anything based on that. I mean, how, how would you, if you had to buy it, rent it or trash it, what would you be doing with this? Well, um, my initial reaction is, you know, it's like, you know, burn it and, you know, and <laughs> bury it. Never um, talk about it again. <laughs> at the same time. Yeah. But, but, but that's not what life is about. You know, life is, is about these really tough moments. And, you know, for people who are not like watching Survivor and not invested in it, you know, I mean, this is not on their radar at all. But, you know, for millions of people who, who watch the show, who have been committed to the show for the last, you know, two decades, you know, this was like a really huge thing. And so an important conversation is coming out of it, um, whether it's the diversity of production, you know, the choices that were made, um, gameplay, you know, sexism, misogyny. I mean, it's like all of it is like out there. And, you know, this Me Too movement in, and all of the different like, facets and the permutations of what Me Too means. Um, we saw it all like in literally two hours of, of television. So from uh, how it felt, it's a burn it, trash it thing in terms of, I think, down the road, when we look backwards, it'll probably be something that it was very, very momentous. And and it may be something that um, will help reset um, the, the kind of the moral barometer, you know, of the show. Um, and, you know, maybe our better angels will, will come out of this in terms of how the, you know... Um, how people behave, you know, in the show and that if something like that were to pop up again, it would be dealt with, you know, immediately because many of these things we can do anything about until we learn these really tough lessons. That's, that's the part that sucks, you know, is you got to learn the lessons. Um, and, uh, this was a really, this was a, a really, really big one this week. I'm I'm going to mark you down as a as a bin just for the fact that you said now you would, but in the future it might be different. So just to, yeah, <laughs> just yeah. to clarify yes. there for our you could throw it, you could chuck it in the bin. <laughs> yes, the bin, bean, bean. the bean. bean, the bean, the bean, <laughs> bean. Put it in the 
Ben Bean. <laughs> now, uh, list of questions. Thanks everyone who sent this in. Now, look, a large portion of these are around a lot of what we've already talked about, so I'm going to skip over the ones around that. We're going to keep things a little sure. bit light. We're going to try and change things up a little bit here at the end. Okay. Um, we actually had a great comment on our Facebook page from an Australian Survivor contestant. Now, I'm pretty sure you watch Australian Survivor, John. Um, Craig Anson, who was on a couple of years ago. Yep. Uh, now, Craig says, John, you are someone that has always deserved a second chance. Much love. P.S. Who would you let pee on you now? Ha, 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 ha. <laughs> um, no one. <laughs> Good answer. Thanks, Craig. Nope. Those things are done. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, bucket list check done. Boom. Yep. You've you've ticked Boom. it off. That's enough. Boom. That's enough for once. Um, Mike Scow says, um, "How do you think a?" John Carroll, Rob Mariano dynamic would play out on Island of the Idols. What about a John Sandra duo? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I, I, I would give, like, my back molars to play with Sandra. <laughs> she's, yeah. I, 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 she's awesome. Just I, I think she's just really, really cool. She keeps it real. Um, and... Uh, but she does it in a way that, you know, again, isn't like deeply personal. It's like she just she's not going to take any guff and she will go toe to toe with you. But she doesn't go out her way to be mean or to be hurtful. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Agree. Uh, well, on that topic of Sandra, Paula says, uh, have you met Sandra? Yes, I have. Any fun stories and- meeting Sandra? Uh, no, just she's just real, you know, and she's awesome and. Um, I slip into her DMs, you know, all the time and, you know, give her shit about, you know, one thing or another and, or just say hi. And, um, so yeah, she's, uh, she's a who, I mean, she just is, she, she is who you see in person is who you see, um, uh, on, t- on TV. She's, she's just, a, just a really cool person. And, uh, I, I really, really like her a lot. Uh, a a few, lot of respect for her. A lot of respect. A few questions relating to your winner season <clears throat> and Vesepia in particular. I'll ask this on Isaac Brower um, says, Hi, John. Thanks for coming back. Always love to hear from the old school. Um, and then he says, I want to know what you think of the new winner, of the all winners cast, and which winner besides Vesepia are you mad did not get a chance? Okay. Well, first of all, number one would be V. That was just. You know, first of all, she's the only African-American woman to ever win. So um, the fact that she's not on an all-winner season is just terrible and inexcusable. Um, And let's see here. As far as who is not on it that I think should be on it, Mm. uh, Brian Heideck. Oh, correct answer. That's why I love you. (laughs) Yes, Brian, without a doubt. Oh, yeah. No, it makes... I'm still very sad that we don't get the the king on. Controversial, without a doubt. But, you know, it was just, you know, was a dominant, dominant player. And uh, it would have been really fun to see that dynamic out of the mix. Yeah. Well, to me, he's still the greatest player ever in Survivor history. So, you know, I'm going to... Well, there you go. I'm going to want him out there. Um, Olga actually adds on the topic of Vesepia. Have you spoken to Vesepia lately? How is she doing? 
she's doing great and her son is you know getting older and he's very much into theater and the arts and she is just a um, a huge supporter uh, of him and um, he's gotten quite you know accomplished in what he's doing and um, yeah so no she's she's doing great I mean I I don't want to speak for her but I I, I, I venture to guess that there was in real deep disappointment um, that she did not uh, make it onto the show which is just really um, sad it's sad yeah, no, I, I agree. I think um, not, we're not going to be unique next season in the fact that we're going to get a lot of these uh, winners on the show that weren't on that season. She's definitely on the very much top of our hit list next year because it's been a while since we've had... I don't think we've had Vesepia on since we did those commentaries with you, John. So um, definitely we'd love to get Vesepia back on. So we're hoping that she will uh, make a return next year. Oh, yeah. So um, I sure. will. Uh, I'll reach out to her. Look, thank you. you. Thank you very much. I would very much appreciate that. Um, still on your season, James Hildreth asks... Kathy versus Pascal in the final two. Who do you vote for to win? Uh-huh. Kathy for the win. Kathy? Kathy, Kathy, Kathy. Oh, Kathy. oh yeah. Yeah, I mean, we all would... We uh, She would... If Kathy had made the finals, uh, the uh, uh, final two, she would have won. Yep. yep. And that was part of what, what her anguish was, is that she didn't. Yep. I yeah I, I look I have very fond memories of uh, of interviewing Kathy uh, I I loved Kathy and uh, she's one that's very surprising that hasn't come back for a third time because even on All Stars she was very memorable so um, yeah I think Kathy is definitely someone a lot of people would love to see come back again um, Kate. Katie Silas, hello Katie, long-term listener, good to hear from you again, says, Ben and John. Hello, Katie. Hello, Katie. Can you talk about the fond memories you had at Thanksgiving a few years back? Give listeners something (laughs) positive after this episode. I need a good laugh. Yes. Ben, you had this thing called chili for the first time ever. <laughs> yes. And I'll point out, Mallory makes chili. Mallory, as a Canadian, makes chili. It's nice. Oh, good. Well, you had it with us, like, first time ever, and you were Husker gear. Yes. And you were a big hit because you are the only person there with an Australian accent. <laughs> <laughs> and... Uh, yeah, that was so much fun. Oh my gosh, everybody had so much fun. I can't wait for you to come back and uh, and uh, come visit again. We well, I I keep like it's so much fun. Every time I talk to to Mallory or say that I'm talking to you or that, um, I, I mentioned about the goats and she, she I've shown her the the footage of the goats and I was there and yes. filmed it and she's she's keen. So um, next year when you when you come to our wedding, I'm going to make sure that you sit down with Mallory yes. and you tell her all about your goats because she, she'll be on the first planet in Nebraska yes. after the wedding. We'll be having our honeymoon in Nebraska once you tell her about them. I tell you that. <laughs> yes, and just so you know, Bean. The only thing we have on our refrigerator, can you see? Oh, hang on. I should really look at the camera. Let me have a look. Oh, there it is. Oh, look at that. We're on your fridge. <laughs> it's Look, it's the only thing on the fridge. That's perfect. Except for this little cowboy thing. <laughs> yeah. 
That's awesome. That's why I don't screw up and forget the date. <laughs> <laughs> well, the one thing I, the, one of my memories from uh, being there at your house for Thanksgiving was I absolutely love your bath. And I think it was, um, was it Chad who set up all the candles and the effervescent salts and everything yes. for me? That was yeah, fantastic. Oh, yeah. And also the yeah. the sweet potato with marshmallow. I remember having no clue what the hell it was. Yes. I took one bite of it. I'm like, oh, my God, what the hell is this? And I'm like, what? This is incredible. <laughs> Well, and then the other thing is, is you also learn very quickly, it is not keto-friendly. No, yeah. <laughs> yes. Not something I'll be eating in a while. <laughs> yes, for oh, sure. Brilliant. Thanks, Katie. Uh, Leah asked a question, uh, who are you most excited to meet or catch up with at the 20-year anniversary celebrations next year? I know, 20 years. Holy cow. Uh, um Let's see here. For sure, Nalia. I hope Tammy. I hope. I hope people from our cast, you know, goes and that they're there for sure. Um, but I would and Bryce and Nalia. Um, those would be like the main ones. Um, but for sure, uh, I, people from our cast. You know, Sean would love to see him again. Um, he's another one that should should be coming back to play. Agree. Um, uh, Sarah. Uh, Lauderdale, um, mm-hmm. you know, definitely people from our season. I I'm putting this out to you again, John, because I've given this task to Billy and I think also to to Kathy Sleckman <laughs> that uh, when you do go to any 20 year anniversary, please film as many little video blogs with contestants and anything I want to see drunken antics. Send them to us so we can share with our uh, listeners because we want to see these behind the scenes actions. And I'd love for you to get a drunken mm-hmm. Jeff Probst. Tell us that um, the Oz Network rocks. I don't know. <laughs> oh, perfect. Well, the last time I was at one of those types of events, I I was doing something for a local radio show, and I interviewed Christy um, from uh, Amazon, and I had a little bit to drink, and I said to her, literally said this, and and. She was at first horrified, but then and then laughed, you know, her butt off. But I literally said to her, Christy, could you say something for our deaf listeners? (laughs) Wow. (laughs) That, um, yeah. That's how drunk I was. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That (laughs) literally said that. Wow. In front that, of people. Well, I give you the task to top yourself for that one then somehow uh, for us for the 20th year anniversary. How do you think yes. you'll go with that? Uh- <laughs> yes. Yes, for sure. <laughs> oh, brilliant, brilliant. Uh, thanks to everybody sending questions. As always, we appreciate it. Uh, and, yes, yep. we'll um, answer more next week with we've got on. John, it, it's a difficult one to talk about this week, mate, but uh, really appreciate your candor yeah. and everything that you've discussed with us at length here. It's always great to have you on and, look, Hopefully, next time we get you on, it'll be something that's a little less serious, a little more fun, and, you know, we can not have to be so dark all the time. How does that sound? <laughs> there you go. I know. I'm a, it's, it, was a, it was a tough uh, episode. And like I said, a lot of soul searching, you know, as, as a result of this. So I think, you know, out of that is you just kind of just have to, you know, speak your truth and put it out there and try to process it and, you know, keep it in context. You know, it's a game, but there's very, very important um, 
topics and, and realities that are, you know, coming out of all of this. And, um, and hopefully um, the lessons that were learned aren't going to be the kinds of things that, you know, derail people in their personal lives. Cause you know, I, I do feel for um, everybody that's involved because this has been a very, very rough week and, you know, something that was supposed to be so much fun and such a ride, you know, has turned out to be an absolute nightmare. And, and hopefully it, it turns out, um, you know, well for all of them. And a massive thanks to John. And yeah, very heavy episode. Lots to talk about, wide variety of issues and whether or not, as we kind of brought up this season, can be saved after that. Not too sure. And whether or not uh, people stay tuned in. Who knows? So, um, yeah, plenty, plenty to think about and ponder as hopefully we move into some brighter things uh, next week. Hopefully this won't completely taint this season, even though realistically it probably already has and possibly no coming back from this episode. But we'll soon see. We've still got about four or five weeks to go and uh, it'll all be done and dusted getting into the all-winner season next season, which, let's be honest, probably the only thing going to keep me into watching this moving forward. So uh, we'll see how that all plays out. In the meantime, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter. We're on Instagram as well. Subscribe, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, wherever good podcasts are available to be downloaded, and also the bad ones, let's be honest. We're in that category. So, you know, if you download us on one of them, Clearly bad podcast on those services as well. Outside of our Survivor coverage, we do have the Star Wars films. They're still going on. We did episode four, A New Hope, this week into Empire Strikes Back next week. Wow, oh, wow, we're there. It's a big one. Listen to that next next Thursday. Our third watch episodes are getting very close to being wrapped up there, of course, on a Wednesday. Our lost ones are in a bit of a hiatus mode at the moment. They'll be coming back at some point. Amazing Race Australia has been recapped by Colin Rossi and Jared. Listen to that. Mallory and I went and saw Ford v Ferrari this week. Listen to that recap. So much stuff happening. You've got plenty of shows to keep you entertained. And if you're a Survivor fan, mainly an Australian Survivor fan, subtle little plug for our spin-off show, of course, Australian Survivor Archives. Three episodes in, doing great guns. We interviewed season one host Lincoln Howes during the week. It's a fantastic interview. If you haven't listened to it, listen to it. Long-term listeners of this show might remember about six years ago on Survivor Oz. We did interview him back then for Survivor Oz. This one's a much more in-depth and longer chat, and I'm sure you will enjoy it. So that's Australian Survivor Archives. Hit it up. I'm sure you'll enjoy it. Thanks once again for listening to the Oz Network. Thanks to John. Thanks to all the listeners for sending in their questions. And as always, my name is Ben. Thanks for tuning in and we'll speak to you next time. Good night. Thank you for listening to the Oz Network. Don't forget to subscribe to get new episodes delivered to your speakers every week. For more information, hit us up at theoznetwork.net.